0: Welcome to Canadian Night. Uh, these guys are passing out bacon in the front row, so if you want, you can just keep it going around. How are you guys feeling? How are you guys doing tonight? Sweet. I'm Sophie. If we've never met, I'm one of, uh, I, I work here, I'm, I go here. It's, uh, that's, that's all you need to know about me. And, uh, and that it's January. And uh, how many people started off the month of January with New Year's resolutions, goals, all that sort of stuff? Me too. At, at the beginning of the year, I had uh, a, a list of, of stuff that I wanted to work on this year, goals that I wanted to uh, do better in. Stuff like go to the gym more, uh, save more money, read, read more books. Um, sub out regular bacon for turkey bacon. I'm, I'm just kidding. And uh, I know that in years past, I've had uh, on my and stuff like I, I wanna read more of my Bible. I wanna get closer to God. I, I'm gonna lead a connect group this semester. And I'm sure that you guys have similar stuff on your list, similar stuff that you set out to do at the beginning of this year. And... Uh, much like every other year when I go to make a new habit or set a new goal, uh, I fa- found myself failing uh, yet again in some of these, some of these goals. I uh, found myself distracted, watching Netflix, playing hours of solitaire. I'm, I'm addicted to solitaire. And instead of reading my Bible, I'd be like, I've played 43 minutes of solitaire, what is wrong with me? And I found myself just sinking back into habits that I really wanted to break. Uh, Not only that, I found myself turning just to other things for comfort and, and picking up things that I didn't want to engage in. And... In the past, I, the conclusion that I would come to after kind of going through all this failing, messing up, not sticking with the goal, that sort of stuff, the conclusion that I would come to would be something like, I just need to try harder. Or maybe I just need to go off social media, like that's, that's probably the problem, the root of all my problems. Or, or maybe I just need to be more disciplined. And I would just kind of struggle with myself thinking, I'm trying just to muster up enough motivation and strength to be able to accomplish these things, and yet I still can't do it. In uh, Galatians 5, verse 16, it says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So before I get into this, let's explain this verse a little bit, break it down. When it says flesh, it isn't talking about our our bodies, it's talking, our flesh refers to our desires or our appetites that are contrary to the spirit. So it's referring to the inner part of ourselves that rebellious, uh, stubborn, and wants to be in control rather than having to trust God. It's important to note that most of our uh, fleshly desires or appetites at their root are not inherently wrong. Eugene Peterson, who wrote the Message Bible, calls it the corruption That sin introduced to our appetites and our instincts. All of us humans have deep desires for love, intimacy, belonging, and these desires aren't wrong, but sometimes the way that we go about fulfilling them can be. These are actually God-given desires meant to be fulfilled in God's way. That's what our, 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 so our flesh is talking about when we fulfill these, these desires in the way that God didn't intend for. And in the verse, the Spirit here is talking about the Holy Spirit. So again, Galatians 5, verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So this verse is meant to be this encouragement to us. It's this verse that observes when we're walking with God, when we walk by the Spirit, we we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. But when I read this verse, sometimes I, I can read it and I can feel like, how? Because that isn't my experience. I'm following God, yet I'm still gratifying the desires of the flesh, I'm still struggling, and I'm slacking, and I'm trying really hard not to, but maybe I just need more discipline, maybe I just need to muster up more motivation. How how do I do this? So here's what this verse isn't saying. It isn't saying, find enough motivation, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. It's not saying just read your Bible more and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. It's not saying repress, deprive yourself, and you won't, desire the, the, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. So this verse is saying walk by the Spirit. Paul wrote walk by the Spirit. So what does that look like and how do we live this out? Walking by the Spirit means being in a relationship with a life-giving life. Person. So for years, I found myself getting this wrong. I've, I've found myself following, falling into the trap that my Christian walk, my walk of God, was just keeping a set of rules, living by certain disciplines, even just having a, a Christian lifestyle. And I forgot that primarily my faith was about me walking with God, being in a relationship with the person of Jesus, being his companion, being his friend. Somewhere along the way, I got the idea that being in a relationship with God just meant the lifestyle changes, a, a good Bible reading plan, and listening to a couple Christian podcasts throughout the week. It's almost like if a, Husband kept the house like and lawn perfectly maintained. Everything was like spick and span and clean. He did all the chores that he was ever asked to do, but then he never talked to his wife. He's, he's missing the point, and, and me as well. I was missing the point. I had forgotten why I even came to God in the first place. I first came to God because I knew I was in desperate need of him. I knew that I couldn't overcome the parts of myself without him, without his strength. And mostly I came to God because he was awesome and, and beautiful. I had experienced him and I knew I want to get to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to be your friend. And the language that Paul, Paul is the author of Galatians. He's his, Paul, formerly Saul. He's also the screenwriter for Better Call Saul. Um, I'm just kidding, I'm so sorry, <laughs> pity laugh. He, Paul, Galatians, he wrote, walk by the Spirit. And he uses this beautiful language of, of walk. Have you ever gone on a walk with a friend and just been like, that was the best date that we could have ever, friendship date, maybe real date, if you get those, thing I could have done like, I, I know that when I go on a walk with a friend, you're walking side by side, the r- river valley is so nice, you're having a great conversation, and then at the end of that walk, you're like, oh my gosh, like, I, I love you. Like, this is why we're friends. We get along so great. Like, I, I just love our conversations together. Walking is, is relational. And Paul, Paul's painting this picture for us. Walk by the Spirit. Be in, be in relation with the Spirit. I like to think of our uh, walk of God a little bit like the movie Lilo and Stitch. You guys know Lilo and Stitch, underrated, very good, watch it when you get home. Lilo is, is the girl, and uh, Stitch is, is the alien. He's like the aggressive, uh, destructive alien experiment that comes to earth. And Stitch is almost, this is an imperfect illustration, by the way, I'm using fictional characters to describe God, but Stitch and us, but Stitch is almost this representation of our flesh and how destructive it can be. But Lilo perceives Stitch as just this like perfect, good-hearted puppy. And it's almost this picture of how God sees his original intention for us. He sees how he designed us to be, and he wants to restore us to that image, to that creation. And Stitch begins this friendship with Lilo. They they begin this friendship, and as Lilo cares for Stitch and is able to just spend time with him, Stitch begins to change. And Stitch doesn't become all that much better, like, he he's still kind of, he still breaks the rules. He's not a perfect puppy, but yet you can still see his change as he develops this friendship with Lilo. God does similar in our lives. He sees how he originally designed us to be, and he wants us to be like him, a people who reflect him. We were originally created to be in perfect union with God, but... As we know that the sin of Adam and Eve separated us, broke that perfect union, union, and our sin separated us from God. It made it impossible for us to be in relationship with him on our own. But through Jesus, his, his death on the cross, his sacrifice, our relationship with God is reconciled. Our sin is forgiven, and it no longer creates a barrier between us and God. In our own strength, Becoming like God is, is not attainable. We can't do it. That's why God has given us his Holy Spirit, filled us with his Holy Spirit, so that we can, he can change us by his presence, not change us by us having to keep a set of rules. He, he does give us commandments, but even these are inspired by his love and his care for us, knowing what's best for us. It's not us, following the commandments or following the rules really well that causes us to change, that causes heart change in us, but it's his presence in our lives that causes the change to take place. God's primary purpose in all of our lives is for us to be more like Jesus. And God's way to make us like Jesus is to fill us with his Holy Spirit, to give us his his presence And we also have a responsibility to to partner with God in this. God gives us his presence. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. God empowers us, but we also have to surrender. We have to allow him to have his way in our lives. We have free will, so we also have to choose to allow God to do this work in us. I could pray for God to empower me only to eat broccoli, for the rest of my life. I don't know why I would do that, but let's say I do that. But then I could go home and eat 10 donuts, and, and God's not gonna stop me. It's, we still have a part to play in how we deal with our flesh. So Galatians 5:24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So Paul uses the word crucified here to describe our relationship with the flesh. Crucifixion is a a slow process, a slow death. It would take people days to die by by crucifixion. It wasn't quick or, or easy. And we also are in the process of dying to our flesh. There's no quick fix for this thing. We can't like ramen noodle ourselves and, and, and fix ourselves. It's a, our flesh issues, they, if you haven't, if you don't know what I'm referring to, just search ramen noodles can fix anything, they're the new duct tape. Anyways, there's no quick fix for our flesh isu- issues. They take time. And as we walk with God, as, as we're sanctified, we begin to look back at ourselves, look back at our lives and realize we're not the person who we used to be. We may not be perfect, but we're changed, like our little friend Stitch. God is doing a great work in us, but it takes the desire in us as well for Him to do that work. So as we desire God, as we get around Him, we become more like Him. We can, we can have an attitude that I we don't want to follow out our flesh. I I I want to follow God, but we will always continue to walk in the flesh if we have disordered desires. So we have to reorientate our, our desires. God, God goes where he's wanted. So we have to want God, desire him, and reorientate how our desires are being met if, if we want to partner with God in how he's trying to change us. So our job is to, is to desire to be fulfilled God's way. Crucifixion, well, it was also slow. It was intentional. When someone was being crucified, uh, they were being intentionally killed in just about every way possible. I think you die by suffocation, but you also die from bleeding out and like a hundred other gross reasons. It was really intentional how they were being killed. And we have to have a similar approach in dealing with the desires and and the sin that that leads us away from God's best in our life. We have to have an intentional approach to it. We have to have just this heart that I don't want anything that would lead me away from God. I don't want anything that would drive me away from his presence. It's not that God leaves us, but it's that we can leave him. So don't minimize the desires, the the things that are leading you away from God. The Bible says it this way. It says, don't be deceived. A man reaps what he sows. And, And Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians that he died daily. He was talking about the daily decision that he made to die to his flesh, to continue to intentionally put those things down and put his focus back onto serving and, and being in relationship with God. I found for my, myself that just trying to like put to death my flesh, just trying to like stop habits uh, doesn't really work. And I found that it's because it's not about suppressing these desires, it's about expressing them in the right way. So our flesh and, and our bad habits are usually fulfilling some sort of legitimate need in our lives. So we have to replace our, our, our wrong ways, our, our bad habits, our ways of fulfilling those desires with, with the right thing, to fulfill it with the same need. I, uh, I know someone who, when they were... Um, tempted to watch t- tempted to watch porn that they instead of saying I'm just gonna quit quit watching that they said okay every time that I'm tempted every time that I think about watching I'm just gonna decide to go upstairs and have a conversation with my mom instead and they realized I'm I'm tempted with this desire but what I'm really wanting is just closeness, I just, I just want human connection, or I'm just, I'm just hungry, I'm just, I'm just tired. They, they realized that instead of just saying I need to stop watching, that they needed to meet the desire in a healthy way. I'll, I'll put it another way. If you're simply just trying to avoid the candy dish, uh, you'll fall back into the same habit when you can't resist the hunger anymore. But if you replace it with something else sweet that fulfills the desire in a healthy way, you'll be more successful. Sub it in for raisins, or or that was the most terrible example I could have used. Raisins. I hate raisins. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. Where was I? Replace your desire with God's way to have it fulfilled. The right disciplines will say no to things for you. The right disciplines can close the door on temptation on your behalf. And the right disciplines can make decisions for you without consulting your feelings. So we have to embrace disciplines, disciplines that intentionally realign our desires to be fulfilled God's way. We have to embrace disciplines, spiritual disciplines, things like reading our Bibles, we, we don't just read our Bibles so that we'll be really good at reading or that we'll know a lot of Scripture. We're reading so that we can enjoy God. We're reading to know Him more and wanting to be changed by His words. When we know what God promises to us when we're facing temptation, it empowers us. When we know verses, have verses in our hearts like, no temptation has come upon me that God has not made a way of, an ex- way of escape. Or verses like, sin shall not be a master over me. I'm not under the law, but I'm under grace. Or a verse like, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. These verses empower us, knowing what God says, how he helps us in temptation in those moments of weakness. The Bible gives us so much promises, instruction, and encouragement for our daily lives. The Bible shows us where we're at in life. In the best way, I found that the Bible just exposes me, that there's no other book that has seen me so accurately. I just see my problems on its pages and find hope that I can become a new person. But as I read it, I have to remember Uh, who the Bible is about. Sometimes I find that I look for more reflections about myself in the Bible than I look for God. And what happens is I start just trying to become the best version of Sophie, almost using the Bible as some like Christian self-help rather than trying to enjoy God, know him more and see how he wants to change me to become more like him. The purpose of scripture is to reveal God to us. The Bible is is God's story first, and then his story provides context for understanding my own. Our Bible reading isn't just for heightened self-awareness, but to grow in our relationship with God, to know his words, know his voice, know what he desires from us, and be changed by who he is. So reading our Bible is just one discipline that we can embrace, one discipline that helps us realign what we really desire in in a healthy way. Another would be coming to church. The church was created by God to help us live out our Christian lives. And often I think that we don't make a habit of coming to church because we have a wrong belief about what the purpose of church is. There's a statement that goes, Uh, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, or we don't go to church, we are the church. And at face value, it seems true, and it's it's probably well intended, but I think that it's more damaging and self-asserting than we realize. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but actually there's nothing you could do to make yourself a Christian. Your identity as a Christian is a gift given to you by God. God God gave salvation to you as a gift. You can't earn anything to become a Christian. We gather together each week because by God's grace we are Christian, thank goodness. And, And the church is the establishment that God has set up for his people. Hebrews tells us, don't neglect meeting together, but encourage each other, spur one another on. And Jesus talks about, he, he, he describes the church as his bride, that's how much he loves it. He says, I'm, I'm so committed to this thing, it's, it's, it's my bride. And we're called to be an active member in it. We're called to be a part in the body, the body of Christ. Many people mistakenly treat church as something, uh, like an experience that they take in, a passive experience that they watch. And church is something done by the worship team or the pastor that they put on church and we watch. But when we gather together, we're a congregation, we're not an audience. The Bible calls every believer a priest. It says you're a, royal nation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Every believer is a priest. Every believer is an ambassador of Christ. So whether you're a pastor or if you're a server, the Bible says you're a priest. That means that wherever you go, you are serving God and representing him. And we serve God as a priest by our worship to him and how we take care of others. When we come to church, we have a responsibility to bring our worship as a priest, to bring our worship to God. And to care for the people around us, to care for the people in our church, to be the people like how Hebrews describes, to encourage one another, to spur one another on. So those are just two of of many spiritual disciplines. But I want to encourage you to, to embrace a discipline, fully commit yourself to it to help realign a desire that wherever the the way that you might be meeting a desire in your life, that you would find a discipline to partner with God and having that discipline met in God's way. So allow for God to be the one who fulfills your desires. Like I said, right disciplines say no to things for you. The right disciplines can close the door on temptation, and the right disciplines can make decisions for you without consulting your feelings. Our disciplines help us keep our pace as we walk with God. They help us not to get thrown off course or sidetracked or or, or weighed down. They keep us in step with God, keep us in his presence, because we can get sidetracked. God is consistent, but I know that for myself, I can wander. But my disciplines help keep me in relationship with God, help me focused on his face. They don't change me. They don't make me a better Christian. Being in the presence of God does that. But my disciplines sure help. As I was um, talking about the flesh, talking about areas of our life, areas of, of, of weakness, things that, we need to put to death. There might have been something for you that came to mind. Me too. And I'll reiterate to the start of my message where I say, walking by the Spirit means being in a relationship with a life-giving person. Matthew 22, 37 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. This this is the desire that I know I want to have. Just I want to have grow in my life. That I would just continue to love God with everything that I have, and that I would put to death anything that leads me away from Him, anything that takes my desire off of Him. And we'll always be imperfect at loving God, but we can be persistent and decide that I'm not going to quit and I'm gonna, not, I'm gonna continue to pursue God when I realize that I've lost my way. I'm not gonna get discouraged and say, well, I've gone too far or I'm, I'm, I'm messed, too messed up or I've tried this before, but that I would continue to just put my focus back on God, get myself back focused on God and allow him to fulfill my desires the way that he intended. That I would meet him where he's already at, which is pursuing me, loving me, and that I would turn towards him and decide I'm also gonna love you of all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind. And perhaps the encouragement that you need tonight is to just come back to God. Perhaps your decisions have uh, caused you to feel like you needed to hide from God rather than turn towards him. And I'll say it again, just like how Stitch was imperfect, uh, but he was changed by his friendship with Lilo. We're also imperfect, but we're changed forever because of the gift that God has given us of salvation. We are children of God who have been forgiven and you've been forgiven of your past mistakes and the mistakes that you're gonna make in the future. Forgiven. So we have to recommit ourselves to him and not take advantage of this grace that he's given us. He's really the world's best friend. There's no other friend I know who I could mess up continually with them as much as I do with God and them be like, it's okay, come back to me. Like, I, I want you, I love you, I wanna know you and I wanna restore you. He's the world's greatest friend. So I don't wanna treat his friendship with any contempt or take advantage of just his grace towards me. But I wanna be someone who turns back, realizing you gave all for me. That he loves me with all of his soul, all of his mind, that that, that same approach. And I just wanna try my best, even though I'll be imperfect, to pour that back out towards him. And I wanna encourage you that God is our helper. That as we embrace disciplines, It's not to attain to perfection. It's not to please God, but it's for our own good. So let's pray together. God, we wanna walk with you and we wanna be in relationship with you. We desire just to be captivated by you and I pray that we would desire you like never before. Help us just to build disciplines in our life and be intentional about getting ourselves in your presence. Thank you for your consistency. Thank you that your presence never leaves us and help us to posture ourselves to be close to you, to get to know you. God, we just say forgive us for ways that we may have gone about fulfilling desires in the wrong way and God, we just ask you, would you fulfill us, would you satisfy us in the way that you intended. God, just thank you that you create a place for our soul that is so perfect and so complete that nowhere else could ever satisfy how perfectly you do. Thank you that what you have to offer is life and life to the fullest. God, help us not to forget how good you are. Help us not to forget how full of joy you are. And we run to you, we come to you. God, help us to love you the way that you love us. God, have your way in us. Change us and make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.